Good evening everyone and welcome. Tonight's class is titled You, Something or Nothing, Part 3. And we've been discussing how to Hashem, our previous understanding in chapter 20 was that we're nothing, we're like the fly in the room that we've discussed at length. And in chapter 21 we're saying, no, no, we're not like a fly to a human being or even much, in a much greater sense of separation between Hashem and us. We are a part of Hashem. We are a part of Hashem. And yet, that we are part of Hashem that has a great, um, the greatest concealment possible between us and Hashem. Not between Hashem and us, but between us and Hashem. Meaning, that when Hashem looks at us, He sees Hashem. When we look at ourselves, we see ourselves and nothing else. Until we, we could strive and try and see deeper. So how could it be that what we see is ourselves and yet Hashem is able to see Himself within us? How is this? And that's what we're going to learn momentarily as we discussed last week that putting your hand on top of your head as a yamulka doesn't suffice. Because your head cannot cover your head. Your, your hand cannot cover your head. Because your hand and your head is one thing. Like a snail whose shell is a part of him. It's not a shell that's separating him. The shell, the shell is a part of him. Your hand is a part of your head. Your hand is, is in, in essence, and your hand and your head are one entity. Hashem, Hu HaElokim, God and nature, God and concealment are one thing. Hashem created concealment and He sees straight through it. <coughs> Let's see this inside. We're page 90, left-hand column, <coughs> 10 lines from the bottom. Sorry, 8 lines from the bottom. These contractions, these methods of separation that Hashem makes so that His essence will not be revealed within us are all in the nature of veiling of the countenance to obscure and conceal the light and life force that are derived from His Word. The Word of Hashem, as we spoke, our words are nothing to us. We could talk for, forever without stop. Words are cheap. And we were created by Hashem's word, meaning that the creation of man came from a very, um, a very, a very distant place within the, from the essence of Hashem. And we even within the word of Hashem, that wasn't a far enough distance. There had to be tremendous contractions. In order, blessed be He, in order th so that it shall not reveal itself in a greater radiance than the lower world are capable of receiving. In order that we should be the human beings we are. <coughs> Hashem had to conceal Himself to a great level. Hence it seems to them, or hence it seems to us, as if the life and light force of the Word of the Omnipresent, blessed is He, which is closed in them, were something apart from His essence and being. Blessed be He. It appears to us that we are human beings, individual human beings, that yes, as we continue, and it only issues from Him, just as the speech of a human being issues from his soul. Just like when we speak, we've spoken, and yet the word has separated from our mouth. Similarly, in our understanding, we see, look, we're all alive. 
So Hashem created us. But the life force within us is separated from Hashem. There's like a battery inside of us. That battery is, yes, it came from Hashem, but it appears separate. That's our understanding. Or I could say that's my understanding. I'm sure all of you have already come to the greater realizations of the essence of Hashem. But when I look at myself, yes, I see uh, an individual human being. We're all going to go home to our own home. We look... Just to re repeat, why did Hashem want that? Why does Hashem want to conceal Himself? That we, sh that we shouldn't know actively that he's, He is us? Remind me. To allow free choice. Hashem wants that we should have a, have a free choice. That's one of the certain <coughs> principles of faith. And if we were robots, basically if Hashem was revealed in us, we'd be a robot. We'd be doing whatever Hashem wants, of course. So Hashem wants to conceal Himself within us. Yet, so we, when we see ourselves, we see concealment. Yet in regard to the Holy One, blessed is He. No concealment or veil hides or obscures anything from Him. Nothing can conceal Hashem from seeing the essence of everything. To whom darkness is like light. As is written, even the darkness obscures nothing from you. Nothing can block Hashem from seeing the essence. For, and this is what we discussed last week. That you cannot conceal on yourself. Your hand cannot conceal on your head. This, this snail's cover cannot, cannot conceal on him. For all the contractions and garments are not things, are not things distinct from him, heaven forfend but like the snail whose garment is part of his body. It is part of Hashem. Concealment and, re and revelation are all Hashem. And we're going to express this on Yom Kippur. At the end of Yom Kippur, Ne'ilah, who could shout out three sentences we shout together? Who could remind me? The first one is the sentence of Shema Yisrael, Hashem, Elokeinu, Hashem, Echad, just that one line. The Chazan shouts it out and we shout out after him. And I say the word shout because we learn that if you shout out Shema Yisrael at Ne'ilah, at the final, the fifth prayer of Yom Kippur with all of your energy, as if you are, God forbid, being killed for the sake of God, the focus at that moment should be that it is as if you are being killed for the sake of God, which we know, God forbid, if someone is killed for the sake of God, or if, God forbid, anyone is ever killed. God, the, the, it's, it's appropriate to say Shema Yisrael. So when we say those words, Shema, at the end of Neil, it's appropriate for ha us to have in mind, it's as if we're giving up our soul for the sake of God. And that intention should be considered as if we have, the me we have such a merit of giving up our soul for Hashem, which we know there's nothing greater. So we shouldn't ever have to give up our soul. But we should have that merit, which is one of the greatest things in the world. And there we have the opportunity, and either when we scream out, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. But I share this, because after we say Shema Yisrael one time, we're going to scream out three times. Baruch Shem Kivod Malchus Olam Vaed. Baruch Shem Kivod Malchus Olam Vaed. Baruch Shem Kivod Malchus Olam Vaed. And then what are we going to say after that seven times? Hashem hu halokim, 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 Hashem hu halokim. Hashem, 
Hashem, that's a name of Hashem, is Elohim, is God. Seven times. Why seven times? Because we're escorting, that's the final moment of Yom Kippur, and we're actually saying, Hashem, thank you for joining us, and we're elevating Hashem back to the highest of the seven heavens. Seven times we say Hashem Hu Elohim. What does Hashem mean? The name of Hashem, Yud, with then a hey, then a vav, then a hey, what does that mean? So if you look in the word of Yud, then a hey, then a vav, then a hey, you'll see three words within it. There's the words Hayahovevihiyeh, Hashem was, is, and will be. Hashem, that, the name of, Hash, of Hashem, Havaya, refers to Hashem being supernatural. Elohim, Hashem, who means he. So, Havaya, who is Elohim? Havaya is Elohim. What does this mean? That's not, well, it's like saying Gary is Gershon. I know Gary is Gershon. Why are we saying Havaya, who, Havaya? They're just different names for God, seemingly. What are we, no, no, no. Havaya refers to Hashem, supernatural. Super, above nature. Elohim, if you do the numerical value, Elohim is the numerical value of Hateva nature. Elohim is Hashem, the way He is connected within nature. So Havaya is supernatural, above nature, and nature. The unlimited and limited is all one. We're going to say that seven times at the end of Yom Kippur. Havaya, above nature, the supernatural, who is Elohim is nature. It's all one. Hashem is one. And that's what we quote, continue quoting in Tanya. As is written, Hashem hu Elohim, the Lord, He is God. As is explained elsewhere, let's read note 10. Sorry, note number 11. Please follow with me on the bottom. The ineffable name, the name of four letters. And you'll see, I don't even say the name, I don't even say the letters of Hashem's name together. When we pronounce it, we don't say Yud, we say Yud, then we make a separation, Yud, then Vav. The ineffable name, the name of four letters, is pronounced in conversation Havaya. The prescribed traditional reading in scripture and prayer is Adnai. However, the name Havaya refers to God, the, inf the inf infinity. The transcendent, creative, divine force beyond creation and nature, omnipresent, omnipotent, and omnis... And next word? How do you read that? Omniscient. Omniscient. The name Elohim, the... Next word? <laughs> Imminent divine force concealed in nature emphasizes God's justice and rulership. The equation, skipping to the end, emphasizes the absolute unity of the Creator. And I in, encourage you to look over this note. It's a deep note. But again, Hashem Hu Elohim, Havaya Hu Elohim is actually saying that the whole world, everything within it is one. And let's, this is going to summarize everything together. Therefore, concludes chapter 21, in His presence, all else is of no account whatsoever. Hashem is one. Nothing conceals within Him. Nothing conceals from Him. So, we, because of these concealments, as we discussed with the example of covering one's head, if I cover my head, yes, Basha will not see my head. But my head will still be able to see further. Hashem, when He creates these concealments, we view them as concealments. 
but Hashem could see straight through them. Let's give a practical example, and we'll thank the Stone family for this one. You look at that mechitza. You could see on one end, you could see straight through. On the other end, you can't see anything. That is precisely what we're discussing here. Hashem, this is Hashem's view. Hashem, it, there's no, there's no mechitza here, there's nothing here. However, there is something that to people on the other side, to us, we see a separation. Let's put it all together. There's also a third thing there. Because on one hand, you can see all the way through. On the other hand, you can't see anything. Right. That's what you said. But on the third hand, you can see reflection of you. Interesting. Interesting. That's an interesting observation. So thank you for that. Yeah. In summary, this chapter is the second of three chapters discussing Achdos Hashem, the unity of Hashem, and here we see further how Hashem is everything. And the fact that there's different concealments, contractions, that's only to us, not to Hashem. Any questions? Yes, David, please. With respect, Rabbi, you made a reference to at when the Yom Kippur is over the uh, we release God. Yeah. Um, I w would suggest that that is not an entirely accurate interpretation. The king is in the field. We don't tell him to leave. He leaves when he gets ready to leave. And he comes into the field because he chooses to and reaches out to us. And uh, there's a lot in the service that says Hashem is with us on that day and out of respect we need to be ready to receive him I throw that as a point to consider yeah no I appreciate it not that we're God forbid telling Hashem to head home but rather Hashem says um, we're you done know, the fast is over let's see <laughs> no no God forbid Hashem says <laughs> now I've done now Yom Kippur has ended and actually, after Yom Kippur, we're actually told to go and have a feast. We know Hashem has given us, inscribed us, and sealed us for a good new year. And Hashem has to continue His responsibilities. You know, the Gemara lays out what Hashem does. He, he's, he, Hashem, one-third of His day, He's making, he's making Shidduchim. One-third of Hashem's day, He's playing with the Leviathan. Yeah, but that's for another class. But I appreciate that. And the second point. Yes. <coughs> Um, the aspect of the to be verb to describe the essence of Hashem goes back to Torah scripture in which even though we've done with uh, uh, Elohim, and uh, I can't remember the other word which has been introduced to us in the basic levels of scripture before we get to that quintessential confrontation in Exodus. I'm going to use the English word God. Moshe says, well, what's your name? What, what am I going to tell him? And God uses the to be verb. And the to-be verb is an eternal expression of 
forever to the past, the present, and forever to the future, which speaks to the very eternality of God, and the Alter Rebbe makes reference to that here, and that's a critical part, it seems to me. Okay, I appreciate that, and we'll leave that for another time. But the, thank you. Promise? <laughs> Any other questions? Okay, thank you very much.